Asmi, not the end chronicles chapter 44 by the time the next whole week passed i was a little more relaxed a little less anxious except for the thought of going to anand's office i left prince with atya on preeti's insistence i went with her and didi for shopping Not just shopping, she had my appointment fixed with her hair stylist for a makeover too. When we reached home late in the evening, my eager eyes searched for Prince as soon as I entered the house. Preeti had been assuring me all along that he would be fine with Lovely around. She was right. Prince was happily playing with Lovely with Anand watching over them. Didi went upstairs to freshen up and Preeti literally dragged me to where Anand was sitting. How does she look? Prince who had jumped to meet his new mom was tagging behind me and he was faster than Anand to react. Lovely, he said. It made us all laugh and Anand could easily evade Preeti's question. He did look my way quite often during the weekend but never dared to approach me to talk. Sunday night during dinner he spoke to me. He asked if I would be going to his office this week as Bhai had suggested. Ah, ha, yes, I forgot to tell you. I mean, yes, if you can spare time for it, I can come tomorrow onwards. Will it be all right? I asked a little hesitatingly. Okay, I've got some research done already. I can explain it to you. I leave at 8:30 a.m. I can pick you up on my way. He said in a formal tone. I found the tone too matter of fact and so I confirmed with him again. Is it okay really? I asked hesitantly. Perfectly fine, really. He said sounding honestly fine with the idea. The next day in all eagerness to move on to this new role taking charge of my life, I got ready for Anand's office. When I took some more time with the mirror, remembering to take some deep breaths before finally letting go of the mirror, I wondered why I paid more attention to my looks. The makeover that Preeti had made me go through was the reason I assumed and not Anand. I was ready on time. Anand praised my new look and I recalled his avoiding Preeti's question, how does she look? Shaking off my head in a slow sideways movement, touching the strand of hair which fell back on my cheek as soon as I put them behind my ear, I thanked him. Though I tried to look away, I noticed that he chuckled. I glanced up and caught him still watching me. That then broke the moment and he fixed his eyes on the road. We did our best to keep our distance. It comforted me and at the same time made me uneasy. He introduced me to Sara as a guest. His cabin was big enough to accommodate me, but the idea of working together in the privacy of this space was making both of us nervous. The cabin had a huge L-shaped table with a PC on it. There was a sofa set close to the entry. He requested me to take a seat while he connected his laptop for me. He then pulled a chair made for guests on his side of the table and asked me to join him. I slowly slid into the chair. He offered me tea, coffee as a formality which I refused politely. 
he started briefing me about the background of equity market and of the present market conditions then he talked about the scenario of the time when puneet had invested he tried earnestly to give a clear picture of the prospects of shuffling the shares i owned though nodding occasionally i generally stared at him blank eyed fear nagged at me i wondered if i could ever break out of my insecurities and get the shield of my controlled countenance back after about 10 to 15 minutes of his talking he waited expecting me to say something he waited perhaps for a cue from me that i was following what he was saying all that you're talking is greek and latin to me i don't know if i'll ever be able to make anything out of it I'm so sorry I'm taking your precious working time. At the end of it you may feel the exercise of trying to teach me is wasted efforts and nothing else. I said restlessly. He arched an eyebrow at me before saying, "No, no. Please don't be apologetic. Your background is IT and not commerce, so it is not your fault. I have to take it easy. I must have sounded in a hurry to do away with the explanation. Honestly, that was not my intention." You may please relax. Don't bother about my time. Please, it will only make me feel happy if I am of any help to you. He sounded earnest, speaking straight from the heart without any rehearsal or forethought. Okay, I said, keeping the answers short was my way of dealing with tense situations or rather conversations. My usual monosyllable of an answer gave him no clue as to how scared I was feeling right now about everything. to draw me out of my discomfort he attempted at some small talks before talking work and so he asked me about my earlier work experience his tactfully handling the situation didn't allow me to feel outwardly embarrassed in a serious tone i did answer his questions revealing no emotion of any kind we came back to talk of work and this time he tried to go slow The first day I was quite nervy but on the second and the third day I did some self study coming to grasp the new subject little better than before We had our lunch together in the cabin but our conversations revolved around children mostly On the fourth day Thursday Madam Parikh the lady who runs the orphanage from where Anantha officially adopted Lovely came in just after our lunch She had come with some corporate gifts a tabletop calendar and a memento Anand introduced me to her as a guest and a family member. The lady got really comfortable talking about Anand's visit to the orphanage, his taking Rahul an injured boy to the doctor, his helping Saraswati a help there for her studies, and she went on thanking him for his donations to the orphanage every year. Her praises got to a point of embarrassment for Anand, but none of us had the talent to stop this lady from talking. I was a good listener so I had been told I did not attempt even once to stop her I eagerly listened to all of it looking at Anand smiling occasionally to convey the pride I felt For once I thought I should verbally congratulate him for what he was doing for lovely and also the orphanage I spoke about what I thought after the lady finally left I said You doing something that is really extraordinary. I have no words to express what I really think of it. It is really commendable. I said, "Oh, now please don't embarrass me further. This lady just goes on and on when she starts her praises. It is really nothing worth talking about." He said, shrugging casually, "And your humbly avoiding talking about it is something even more noteworthy. 
Didi thinks of you as an immature, impulsive kind of a person. She talks about your childish behavior of still eating by your mother's hand and sleeping on her lap. I laughed openly and just the next moment pressed a finger on my lips but continued to look at him. There, I had said so much unthinkingly and that was why I had practiced monosyllabic answers. But somehow around Anand, I was forced to be myself. I had almost dropped my guard and was giving him clear view of my real natural unpretentious self. I intended to read his reaction after the slip up. He looked amazed. What your didi thinks of me will help you form opinion about me, is it? He asked. I had no reply. Both of us looked away, not wanting our eyes to disclose any further information. Asmi not the end chronicles by anita sj to be continued